The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How you doing, homie? Um, I'm doing better now that <laughs> we're doing part two, <laughs> a, second, a second recording, because I kind of fucked up. Yeah, this is and, uh, welcome to the talent show part one redo. Redux, <laughs> yeah, redux. <laughs> I don't know who made that comment on um on YouTube or somewhere about my um heavy breathing. But mm. I blame you, whoever that was. No, it's my fault. <laughs> so, anyways, yes. Yeah, so I have the blue ball or the uh, snowball microphone thing and didn't have anything everything connected up right so anyway uh, so this is part two so the news is there's no news oh well there However, was this awesome movie that came out this past weekend that both of us went and saw a couple times a couple times yeah i saw it twice you saw it a couple times mm-hmm. it was pretty awesome and pretty you know good. what pretty much i wanted to play edge of the empire after <laughs> i got <laughs> after the movie because me too folks if you haven't seen it go out and see solo it's amazing and if you are wondering what this star wars edge of the empire game is all about go watch the solo movie because that's pretty much it to be totally (laughs) honest with you (laughs) it is yeah it pretty much is um though i do want so we don't have any news from um ffg however i do want to pimp out a the Genesis Talents Expanded document that a f- that a few um, few posters over there on the FFG forums have put together, and they just created version four point one. Let it out last Friday, May twenty fifth. Um, it's being done by the Sapient ESP seventy seven Swordbreaker and Richard Buxton. Um, they I see them post all the time over there. Great feedback, and this document is. Awesome. Pretty much compiles all of the talents from Genesis Core, Realms of Tirnoth, and any ones they feel are Genesis appropriate and tweaked from the Star Wars books. And we're talking over 300 talents. And then plus another 50 community-created ones, too. So it's a one-stop shop for um, Genesis talenty goodness. For that, so great job over there, guys. Um, gonna be definitely referencing that when I make my settings, most definitely. How would you, man? Awesome. You've had a chance to take a uh, look at it? Yeah, I did get a good look at it, and you know what? Um, it's gonna be great when I get back to Hellgate that yeah. I'm going to be able to just pour it over a bunch of talents because I was really gonna rob from Star Wars, and they've already done it for me. They've already robbed 
for you. <laughs> All right, cool. so let's get into listener feedback. So yep. uh, we've been sitting on this one for a while, and I have to apologize. Uh, we uh, didn't realize we were going to upset some of our listeners by just sitting on their emails until a show topic came up that pertained to some of their emails. So apologies out there, folks. Um, um, we'll respond to them from here on out and let you know if we're going to hold on to it for a while. <laughs> but uh, this is from our buddy Ova. We only know him as Last Verse. And he sent us an email. It says, hi, I've been slowly building some rules for our little superhero game. It's not exactly a splat book or anything. And seeing as every person's power is unique and not a Marvel slash uh, DC clone, where 90% of every f- character gets flying, super strength, etc., that means we have to t- make talents and skills for each character. I didn't see the skills, but he did send us a sample of talents. Talents, yeah. And since this is our talent show, that's why we sat on this one. Mm-hmm. So um, he says a lot is based slash stolen from Worm for our setting. I don't know what Worm is. <clears throat> yeah, but, me neither. Um, Chris and I both have looked over the document. First of all, I got to say, whatever works for your game, dude. Um, I'm not a big Supers fan as far as role-playing games. I love comics. I love movies. But RPGs, none of them have ever given me that, oh, gosh, it's great Supers feel. Um, uh, I've played the whole gamut from Marvel superheroes, Heroes Unlimited, Champions, Mutants and Masterminds. None of them just, I mean, after a while, playing them, they're fun. GMing is horrible. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gave it I gave it a try with um, Savage Worlds. There's a um, Necessary Evil um, campaign setting, uh, plot plot point campaign for it. I tried to run it. You know, it lasted a few sessions, but now I haven't really gotten the hang of it either. And superheroes genre isn't necessarily my forte either, but I could completely appreciate what you're trying to do here last verse. So kudos on your creativity. Um, a little bit of, uh, like you asked for criticism and comments and such. Um, one thing when you're, when you're going through and listing out talents like this and you're sharing it with somebody else, make sure you format the talents kind of like they are in the book. And we're going to go into kind of what's, what's involved in creating a talent entry. That way it's a, it's a, it's a consistent format. We can kind of understand and grasp kind of what, what we're getting there. But for the most part, we kind of, we got what you were going for, um, on your chaos orb list of talents, when you go to like when you're improving and stepping up um, some talents, the Genesis naming convention they've imp- they've used improved and supreme. So on your tier two and tier three talents, there I suggest you know naming them you know improved um, and supreme, putting those in front of the uh, the talents there uh, to see kind of how they're how they're increasing. Um, now your Wonderland talent, this is like one I think where you have like. This character, as an action, uses a superpower and creates this mist that goes out in like short range, or or um, it goes out to short range, and people there have to make daunting checks or become staggered. Now, staggered's a pretty serious condition, meaning they can't act, and a daunting check for a tier one talent seems. A bit overpowered. Now I know you had mentioned in your in your document there that it's well, you know, you don't care about balance. Well, you could build this one up too. You could start with like maybe having the people create a do an easy check or an or a um, or a average check, 
and then make an improved version and a supreme version, getting that up to your daunting there. But anyways, that's that's a pretty cool concept there. And I was wondering if Wonderland had to concentrate each round to keep it going, like in, our King Caster would go. That would kind of balance it out too. Not balance it out, but that would kind of give that player yet another choice to make and, you know, could make it a little more fun. Now, the Galliant talents... Those are great. I, mean, I I like your thoughts there. Not to, I guess that was a pun. <laughs> it could be a pun because this is like more of like a sonic blast that you can kind of control the minds and actions of other characters and players in the game, or characters, NPCs, and it seems like potentially PCs as well. Um, but that's a slippery slope. Uh, myself, I would not want another player controlling my character. Um, in game just because i'm there to play my character not anybody else now playing an npc and controlling an npc me as a me as a dm or even a gm i have no problems with that that's that could just be fun and hilarity ensuing from there um so yeah beyond that pretty pretty awesome um start you had here looks like you created a lot of time it did a lot of effort on this so um great job and hope my our uh, comments help Look forward to hearing from you yeah. in the future, too. Yep. Uh, so thanks for your email, and thanks to those of you out there patiently waiting for us to get to yours. Yeah, let's email them back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, shall we get into the book of Genesis, Chris? Let's get into the book of Genesis. All right, everybody. Open up your good book of Genesis. Ah, I didn't do that on the first <laughs> recording. That's right. Um, yes, if you guys didn't ch- didn't re- don't realize this show, this is called the Talent Show Part One. Redo. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, okay. So talents. I'm on page seventy one of the good book of Genesis, um, chapter four, called Talents. We have. Um, here, you know, talents come in different tiers. You have tier one through tier five, range costing anywhere from five to twenty-five XP, going up um, five XP per tier. Um, and you would you would use your starting XP or your earned XP to um, purchase those as you go along. And what we are going to go in get into now is what makes up a talent here. So. When you're talking about a talent entry, um, you're going to have the name of the talent, obviously, the tier that the talent falls under, the activation, um, how you activate this talent, and um, Tony, how do we, how would we activate talents? Well, there's um, there's a couple of uh, ways to activate them. Um, some talents, once they're chosen, uh, like toughened. Uh, Toughened increases your wound threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, once you buy it, your character has it. It's passive. It's, it's always, always there. Yeah, it's always on. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's others that require an activation. Now those activations are the same activations um, as we talked about in social combat and vehicle combat and hand-to-hand combat. You have your action, maneuver, and incidental. And some of the incidentals are described as out of turn. Uh, that means you can do 
as most of the time with incidentals, you can do them when it's not your turn. Just the only incidental you can normally do when it's not your turn is talking. Um, or you can but, do it on somebody uh, else's it, turn, right, Tony? <laughs> exactly. While you're trying to talk? <laughs> Sorry. That too. <laughs> Whose turn is it to talk? Is it your turn? Do I talk? Do you talk? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So uh, activations. Um, and then next we have uh, ranked. Yeah. So what does ranked mean? Well, ranked means you can get if a t- if a if a talent is ranked, you can buy it multiple times, and in the description in the rules part of the of this talent, um, in that paragraph right below these um, headings, it'll tell you what ranked means. So for instance, toughened, um, you get you, it's a ranked talent, um, and when you buy it the first time, you can add two to your wound threshold. But then every time after that you buy it, you would add two more to your wound threshold. However, every time you buy a ranked talent, you have to buy it at a higher tier than the previous rank. So, so if yep. it's only available at tier three as its mm-hmm. first rank, yep. then you can only ever buy up to three ta- three ranks of it. But if it's available as a but if it's available as a tier one. Uh, then you can have up to five ranks in it. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, and then under each talent, there's a uh, a rule section, a paragraph mm-hmm. that goes into like a description. Um, for instance, we can go to clever retort. It's a, a short one. Um, page mm-hmm. seventy three. It's ranked one, or it's a tier one. Active. You activate this as an incidental out of turn. It's not ranked, but once per encounter. <laughs> Your character may use this talent to add automatic threat to another character's social skill check. And um, what they also have is a last sentence in these. It'll tell you what settings they are appropriate for. So obviously, Clever Retort is, um, is appropriate for all settings, any setting. However, some may only pertain to certain types of machinery or... You know, only things that are accessed in your setting. So, right below that, we have defensive sysops. Uh, it is involves computers, so it's only available where there would be computers, not in a fantasy setting, not in a wild, wild west setting, so on and so forth. You know, I can't say wild west without saying it twice. <laughs> At least you're not singing it. The wild, yeah, wild no. west. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> I have no. <sighs> qualms with doing that well since we're talking oh. about these different talents is there a favorite one for rank for this rank one that tier one you have man well i think before we get on to favorites oh. we have in our show notes to talk about something else dude really <laughs> oh <laughs> how to build sorry. that talent pyramid <laughs> yeah building it. i should look at the show notes while we talk shouldn't i <laughs> it's all good we've done this once already yeah yes yes we have and haven't really done much better have we so uh, on page, it's all good. So on page 257 in the back of the book and on the FFG's website, there is a talent, the talent pyramid. And it's part of your character sheet, the third <laughs> the third page, third which page. <laughs> makes it two pages for you, which Tony will um grumble, grumble, grumble about. <laughs> so the way this t- talent pyramid, you would build you would add your talents from the top left. And go 
bottom right with them, basically. You know, so on this far left is your tier one talents, and at the very bottom, it's uh, it gives you the cost as well, five XP. And then before you pick that tier two talent, your first tier two talent, you have to have um, a second tier one talent. So whatever tier you're buying, after you buy it, you have to have more of the previous tier. So Mm -hmm. if you want to buy that tier five talent called Dedication to increase your intelligence or brawn, you're going to need... Five first level, five t- first level. Pfft, what am I talking about? Levels. That's right. I am <laughs> DM, aren't I? <laughs> um, a tier one, you you know, five tier ones, four tier four twos, tier twos, three tier threes, two tier fours, and one tier five. Yep. And yeah, so for every character, you'll want to print. Print one of these, or you can just jot your talents down. Just make sure that you always make sure you have the right number of talents. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, talent entries. Tier one. You're going to make me pick a favorite. Hmm. Well, I know there are many that are cool. Yeah. I love the social ones. So, (laughs) there's a good one here that is just handy. This is handy for everyone, though. Knack Good. for it. As I've said before, knack yeah. for it. Tier one, uh, its activation is passive. It's ranked, so you can take it multiple times. Um, when you purchase this talent for your character, select one skill. Your character removes two setback dice from any checks they make using the skill. Each additional time you purchase this talent for your character, select two additional skills your character removes two setback dice from checks so you buy this twice and you have uh, your bread and butter three skills um that uh, you go to all the time especially if you're a social character because you get setback dice all the time in social combat oh, yeah. from 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 your opponent's motivations mm-hmm. to things you said two seconds ago you're gonna have setback dice yeah yep it only, however, the last sentence here um, in the description, you cannot select combat or magic skills when choosing skills for this talent. Still, you have a plethora of other skills that you can choose. All your knowledge is, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, perception, uh, stealth, skullduggery, athletics, yeah. Yeah. and like I said, all the social skills so Mm -hmm. it applies to everything i love it it's a great talent right yes almost all my characters will have it how about you chris (laughs) myself uh i don't know what i picked our first go round, but hamstring shot hamstring shot was the one that i picked however (laughs) the one that you had mentioned for like a pickpocket or a Mm. if you're playing like in like a street urchin or something the last one unremarkable pretty awesome it's tier one passive activation so it's always on it's not ranked but other characters add a failure to any checks made to find or identify your character in a crowd it's it's appropriate in all settings but what that means is before they even roll the dice they've failed well you kind of already (laughs) do but before they even roll the dice they have you have to they have to roll at least two successes to succeed. Because mm-hmm. if they roll the one success and that's all they get, 
and blank on everything else on the on the difficulty die doesn't matter they still have one 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 failure so that's yep. kind of cool and that kind of sets a precedent as well and this that's kind of a theme that i have with the talents that i like is the the precedent that it kind of sets yeah this is on checks to identify your character in a crowd you can make this really about anything anything else so this puts a precedent here that it's a tier one talent you can give somebody a fail a failure on whatever check it might be and flavor flavor it however you like so if you're writing a talent for a superhero setting for a character who has kind of a blur power hey you give someone a automatic failure on combat checks ranged combat checks to hit you yes absolutely did you hear that one last verse (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) all right all right cool uh so uh moving on to tier two Tier, tier two, that is. Tier two, huh? Yeah, tier two. Tier um, two. How about you, buddy? You, you go know, first this time. What do you have for a favorite? Well, you're liking the you. you I won't step on your um, social combat <laughs> ones, but I must say, that I like Lucky Strike. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Now I'm. I don't smoke. Now I know Lucky Strikes are a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> kind of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the cigarettes. We're talking about this tier two talent on page. 76 it's active it's an incidental um to activate it um not ranked but when you purchase a talent you select a characteristic say oh i don't know agility after your character makes a successful combat check you could spend a story point to use this talent to add damage equal to that characteristics ranks sorry your character's ranks in that characteristic so if you have a agility of four you can spend a story point, add four damage to one hit of the combat check. And it's appropriate for all settings, it says. Now, one thing, the reason why I picked this one as well, is this is one of those talents where, in order to activate it, you have to spend a story point. Which means what, Tony? Well, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, you're putting me on the spot. I am. Okay, well, <laughs> what I was meaning was, if you use a, ta- a story point... Oh, to yeah. improve your combat check, you can't use it to spend on this on this talent. Mm-hmm. So it is. I don't know. I mean, I I guess. I mean, you can only spend a story point what once per round or once per action or something like that. Is that what it is? Once per roll. Once per roll. Now this isn't. Yeah. So this is. You know, you're still adjudicating the damage from the roll. Yes. Yeah. So you have to choose whether you want to improve your hit or your attack to, or whether you're successful with your combat check or whether you want to use its talent. So again, creates another choice for the character to play or the player to make. And it's just awesome stuff. Give us options or give us death. Yeah, All right. Much. <laughs> what are you, what are you thinking, man? I know you're probably thinking uh, of two of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think in two of them, but I like one more than the other. And that, there's a reason why. Um, the, yes, I could go with inspiring rhetoric, but no, scathing tirade, <laughs> and this is why. The mo- okay. it's the yo mama jokes. Or <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> this is uh, Chris Tucker in any movie he's ever been in. Okay, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> That's right, mother right. bleep. You don't have to bleep that out, do we? It, Samuel L. Jackson in the Hitman's Bodyguard. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, scathing tirade. It's tier two. Its activation is active, and it requires an action. Uh, it's ranked? No, it's not ranked. 
Uh, your character may use this talent to make an average coercion check. That's two purple dice. Mm -hmm. For each success, the check generates. Uh, one enemy within short range suffers one strain. For each advantage, one enemy affected by scathing tirade suffers one additional strain. So for every success, you affect one enemy. For every uh, advantage, you affect you give them multiple strain. So now, hang on a second. So reading this again, do they have to already be affected by skating tirade, tirade before you do it again? Or can you add the strain, all the extra strain with the advantage all in this one check? It's all in the one check. So when you roll it, mm -hmm. uh, look, okay, so for each success generated, one enemy within short range suffers one strain. Yep. So let's say I had three successes. Yep. That's three enemies suffer one strain. Right. Okay. For each advantage, one enemy affected by scathing tirade suffers one additional strain. Right. So I can, I can do it this way. If I have three advantage, I could have each of them take two. Or if I have three advantage, I could have one of them take five or four. Sorry, four. Uh, and that's cool. one that he normally would take and the three extra. Now, that doesn't soak. So yeah. on minions and on rivals. rivals, and when you target a minion group, you're targeting the group, not one guy, the whole group with your scathing tirade. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Their wounds are strain. Yep. <laughs> so you can knock these people out. This is social characters backbone. You yep. need this talent if you're playing a social character. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you have something to do in combat, and you could do it every round. <laughs> That's right. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will hurt me <laughs> if I'm a minion or a rival. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> With this. Yep. Yeah, so that's cool. That is very yeah. cool. All right, man. What do we What do we have for a tier three talent? That tier like, three. That we like here. Oh, I like Field Commander. I, I love. I can't <laughs> help. I'm a social skill guy. Field yeah, Commander. Yeah. You you may. Your oh sorry. Same thing. It's a tier three active, and it's it takes an action. It's not ranked. Your character may use this talent to make an average leadership check. A successful, if successful, a number of allies equal to your presence may immediately suffer one strain. Immediately suffer one strain to perform one maneuver out of turn. Yes. So, oh, have your leader go first and everybody gets to draw their weapons. Yes. <laughs> have your leader go first and everyone gets to aim before they even do anything. Awesome. Love yeah, it. It. Is. it is. That is a very uh, good one. Yep. And it says, uh, if there are any questions as to which allies take maneuvers first, your character is the final arbiter. You go. Then you go. Then you go. You're a leader. Lead. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I will. I will second that motion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's yours, buddy? Well, I'm liking rapid archery because, as a maneuver, you can activate this talent, and if you're armed with a bow, you could suffer two strain to use the talent. But mm -hmm. during your next range combat check your character makes during this turn now make sure it's during this turn 
the bow gains the linked quality with a value equal to your ranks in the ranged skill. So say you've got that four agility and you have three ranks in archery. Or three ranks in range, sorry. Um, You might call it archery in your setting. It's okay. (laughs) But um, (laughs) the linked quality allows you to spend two advantage to basically do damage again. So however much the same damage, amount. The same amount, whatever it is, however many successes you get. You know, a regular longbow does eight damage base. If you do two successes and four advantage, right? You can hit them three times for ten points of damage each in that case. And that's and yes. yeah, you can you can activate you can activate this up to the linked quality, whatever the um, whatever that value is. That's the number of times you can activate it. So and it is yeah. it hits multiple targets. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to choose one target. That's yeah, awesome. It's, it's awesome stuff. It really is. Yeah, I'm picturing a ninja throwing a bunch of shuriken all at once. All right, sorry. <laughs> that that's cool. Now this does say armed with a bow, but I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be able to create a talent for something along along those lines. It's, it says or similar weapon at GM's discretion. GM's if you discretion, have four hundred shuriken, I'd allow it. <laughs> Absolutely, because what? It's cool. <laughs> yeah, and this is the yes and system. Yes, it yes, sure is. you can do it. Maybe we'll make it a little difficult. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Tier All right. four. Tier so four. So tier four and tier five. This is where we get into those talents that kind of break the rules. Yep. Now, um, my favorite tier four talent uh, is there's there's two. Yeah. But I'm going to go with a, a social one just to stick to my theme for today. Cool. Can't we talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> the very first tier four talent. Mm-hmm. Your character can use this talent to make an opposed charm or deception versus discipline targeting a single non-nemesis, advers- non-nemesis adversary within medium range. If the check succeeds, the target cannot attack your character. Not at all. Or perform, host- perform hostile actions against your character. That includes ordering minions to attack you. <clears throat> all right, sorry. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> until the end of their next turn, you may spend two advantage to increase the length of the effect by one additional turn, and you may spend a triumph to extend the benefits to all of their identified allies within short range. Wow, dude. Yeah, that, this that, is your, that breaks rules. <laughs> this is your social character standing in a hail of bullets, not getting shot at, yelling at your enemy the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Doing strain on them, scathing, retirating them. Yeah, that's right, cool. So your character end, though, the effect ends immediately if your character or a known ally attacks the target. In addition, your GM may rule that some targets are immune to this ability. An automated sentry turret, for example, would be immune because uh, it doesn't care what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, that, no, I. This is uh, this is a good one. Yeah, it is. Yes, right. yes, it is. And I believe the one that I picked before was Deadeye. Another rules-breaking talent. 
which is on page 79, right underneath the one Tony just said. Can't we talk about this? And when I'm a dead eye, no, we can't talk about this because I'm shooting you with my dead eye talent. It's tier four, <laughs> active, incidental. Your character, when you're after your character inflicts a critical injury with a ranged weapon and rolls the result, your character may suffer too strain to use the talent. Then you may select any critical injury of the same severity to apply to the target instead. What does that mean, everybody? That means that if you <laughs> do the... What crit are we talking here? We could do a critical... If you roll, say, a... I don't know. Um, a 91. You can actually make that a 121 and knock them senseless. And they're staggered until the critical injury is healed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that guy's not going to be able to take take actions until the until the critical injury is healed. Um, so this is Deadpool not uh, not being able to do anything until he gets that arrow out of his head. <laughs> yes, exactly. Spoiler alert! No. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen the first Deadpool, come on. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> um, and then you know you just look at these and you can just pick. You know, whatever ones there they are. Um, there's a if you only roll a forty-one, uh, if you go wah wah wah, you can make it an eighty-six. Compromise, increase the difficulty of all skill checks by one until the critical injury is healed. That's increasing the difficulty. That's adding another purple. That's adding another diamond nice. to your pool. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, and then we get into tier five, and what are the best talents in tier five? All of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dedication so, is going to be the one you might pick first, only because it's the only way to increase your characteristics outside would, of, um, what do you call it, cybernetics or something. Uh, or Yeah, cybernetics, if you have a cybernetic system. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I would say if you're playing a caster, though, master oh, is yeah. one you may want to look at. Uh, when you purchase this talent for your character, choose one skill. Once per round, your character may suffer too strain to use this talent to reduce the difficulty of the next check they make by, with that skill, by two to a minimum of easy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All of a sudden, that daunting, that daunting um, fireball becomes that's eh, average. <laughs> yeah, it just costs you four strain instead of two to cast it. That's right. <laughs> that is correct. Nice. All right, so that covers the talents in the core rule book, but we have another book of Genesis yes. that has come out yes, in do. the last months, and it has a bunch of good talents in it. Mm -hmm. So we did a little show couple episodes ago uh, where we had some friends on and we did a review of Realms of Terranoth and we talked about a lot of our favorite talents. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple more we can mention but also I want to mention the the table on page 85, yeah. 86, and 87. It's a big one. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, table 2-4 Genesis Talents for the Runebound Setting. People that are creating settings here you go. Make a table, just like this one. Copy it, and um, 
ta-da, you've got your list of talents that are available to you just fill in which ones are available and where they're at. And it's got it right here, Genesis Core Rulebook, page 72. Genesis Core Rulebook, page 79. And if it says it's in Realms of Terranoth, well, you're looking at Realms of Terranoth. Just go to the the page before or the page after. Exactly. And you can put in the page numbers for that too. And you could also reference the... um, that Genesis Talents expanded document too. That's something. Yes, that I, that's something I'm probably that I will definitely be doing when I'm doing mm-hmm. when we talk about um, the Primeval Thule, or in our next section when we talk about our own um, settings. But yes. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you some of these talents again setting a precedent for things like, and I think I mentioned this in our in our Realms of Tirnoth show is this tier one talent called Dark Insight is probably one of my favorite. Only because it does set that precedent for, um, well, okay, so tier one, it's incidental, um, it's an incidental action to activate it, it's not ranked, but when a spell adds a quality to your character's spell with the rating determined by your character's ranks in knowledge lore, so if you're doing that, if you're adding that blast quality, and you have two ranks in lore, um... You know, you add two and make it a blast too. Um, you can swap out and use Knowledge Forbidden instead. So this sets a precedent to change out that Knowledge skill with another skill, another Knowledge skill type um, to use ranks in that skill instead. If you don't want to be a book smart, you know, sage that has a lot of lore, but you know a lot about a for a lot of forbidden knowledge, this is the talent you'll want to pick. Right or similar and, to it, yeah. And likewise, I think uh, there's another one that does that also in this tier. Uh, besides the shapeshifter, which is really kind of a weird one, mm-hmm. uh, but um, Templar over on page eighty-seven. That's um, cool. Yeah. It's it's tier one. Its activation is passive and it's ranked. It's not ranked. Sorry. Uh, Divine is now a career skill for your character. They can only cast one spell using this skill encounter so this is where you because i noticed like in in realms of terranoth and also in this in the in the core book they don't talk about really paladins there's a knight but there's nothing really like that holy warrior well here you go this is your holy warrior and this is how they do it and, and there's an improved version later on but this allows you to think about okay I've played that D Shift Seven D game for years, and in that class, in there, they had that class. One of my friends loved this class. It was called the Hexblade. Well, here you go. You give, you create a talent. Call it Hexblade. Call it Curse Blade. Whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But you give the character the use of the arcane skill, and they can cast curses. Only curses with it. Or once. Per encounter, one curse or per once encounter. per encounter. Yeah, I mean, however you yeah. want to limit it, and this is this this Templar talent kind of gives you a um, gives you a feel for what that is. Now the the tier two talent, the next tier two talent that's similar to this is a bard, mm-hmm. which it gives you knowledge lore and verse are now career skills for your character. So it would seem if you're limiting the number of times. You're gonna have them cast a spell per an, in an encounter. It's a tier one, but tier two looks like you're barred. You could cast as many verses as you want, and it's only a tier two. Uh-huh. Granted, it costs you twenty experience points because you have to buy two tier one talents, and then for ten or five each, and then ten for the tier two talent. But you know, 
you're a bard. You could sing. Give minor yep. competency and bonuses to your buddies. Also, and have 50 character sheets. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and also, in Tier 2, same thing. We have Runic Lore. It's also the same thing. It's it's just another style of magic. Yep. So, they're, you know, these are, again, talents that set precedence. And then the other set of talents that in Tier 2 in here that set precedence that Chris and I both love. Mm-hmm. These uh, Chill of Nordros and the Flames of Kelos. For example, uh, yeah. Yeah. Those opposing, those opposing well, I, I think of in that shift D7D, you know, opposing schools, you know, uh-huh. for casters. That's what this feels like here to me. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I'll just look at the Chill of Nordros one. Yep. When casting an attack spell, your character may add the ice effect without increasing the difficulty. Your character can never add the fire, of, excuse me, fire effect. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty. And the the first the first line they have italicized, which is like a prerequisite, like a, a requirement. Mm-hmm. Like your character cannot take this talent if they have taken the flames of Kelios talent. So those you have to. So again, you got to read read all the words in some of these talents. It'll really make sense if you read all of the words too. Uh-huh. You know, because it could be at the end of your next turn, your character's next turn, or the enemy's next turn. Those subtle little words changes the whole feel of these talents too. So, yep, that's pretty. This sweet. does. Yeah, so and those are cool. These made me think of an idea that I had for a future setting. Uh, my my son, big fan of the Avatar cartoon. Uh, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender I just purchased it on Vudu a couple weeks ago when it was on sale Mm -hmm. and we were re-watching it and I just got the thought that okay you could totally just with talents create airbending, earthbending, fire better bending and water bending just with talents alone. By just doing this, exactly Yeah, so uh, I uh, I may decide in the future unless someone beats me to it because they heard Mm-hmm. me about it. they heard me talk about it and they have more time on their hands than i do <laughs> um yeah uh, i'm i'm thinking about uh creating a a a, a one shot or a setting of uh avatar so sweet dude all right um and then the last tier two talent we want to bring up again because it is so important to spellcasters in any system mm-hmm. and you should use it in any system that is signature spell uh you know uh, the one-eyed Pearson monster said it's his favorite in the whole book. Um, yeah. When we had him on the show, it is, it is really good, and that mm-hmm. talent is a passive talent that is not ranked. When your character gains this talent, decide on a signature spell for them, consisting of a particular magic action and a susp- specific set of one or more effects when your character casts their signature spell consisting of the exact combination of effects um, that was previously chosen reduce the difficulty by one on the check oh yeah awesome and what's awesome is that there's an improved version (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. and it gets even better alright so in tier 3 what do you like I well, what I want to talk about, the one I want to talk about, uh, is one that they ported over from Star Wars. Um, it's because it's 
it's ranked and it's powerful, mm-hmm. it starts at tier three. So you can only ever get three ranks of it. Mm-hmm. But it's on page 90, Bodyguard. Once per round, it's uh, active with a maneuver. Once per round, your character may suffer strain, or excuse me, suffer a number of strain no greater than their ranks in bodyguard to use this talent. Choose one ally engaged with your character. Until the end of your character's next turn, upgrade the difficulty of all combat checks, targeting, targeting that ally a number of times equal to the strain suffered. So if you were to buy this talent twice, yeah. you increase the difficulty twice. For only two Sorry, strain. You upgrade, not increase. Upgrade. Up- yeah. For only two strain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. you make those you make those two purples two reds automatically by spending two strain. It's awesome. Hello, Dwarven Defender, standing between the Sorcerer and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, hey, think about this, man. If you have if you have a couple of them, um, if you have a couple of your frontline fighters that have this, do it for each other. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it's a maneuver. Have... Yeah, it's good. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so, hello, Phalanx. Here we go. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of, the Phalanx fighting. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then maybe yeah. um, if you if you if they both have it and they're next to each other, maybe there's an, an another version of this. I, is there an improved bodyguard? I don't think so. Or maybe you create uh, phalanx fighting. Yeah, you, know? you could. Which is good. Maybe that's a tier five talent. Yeah. Um, the so one that I, the one that I liked, and this is another one of those that sets a precedent. And gives us they do a lot of that in this book. They do. So yeah, everybody read these because even if you're not running a fantasy setting, there are some things here which actually this talent you I could probably suggest to my to my GM, Mr. Jamie with the one-eyed Pearson monster, whether I can pick this up at some point. Though we're probably all gonna die Thursday night, but it doesn't matter. Um okay, so it's called <laughs> Potent Concoctions. Tier three, mm. it's passive. It's always on. Um, it's same page as uh, bodyguard, page ninety. Um, when your character makes an alchemy check that generates a triumph, roll an additional proficiency die, your yellow die, and add its results to the pool. In addition to spending the um, triumph normally, what did wow. I say? That triumph does not get spent on rolling this die. You just mm-hmm. roll another die, and then you get to say, oh, here's what my tri- my triumph does. Well, what if you roll another triumph? Oh, awesome things will happen. <laughs> However... Only you would do that, Chris. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, <laughs> well, where there's good, there's bad, because the opposite can happen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When your character makes an alchemy check that generates a despair, roll an additional... Uh, challenge die, the red die, and add its results to the pool, in addition to spending the despair normally. Each of these Uh effects can only occur only once per check, so good thing, you know, you can't string them along. It's not never-ending dice. (laughs) But I'm thinking of this, yeah, okay, so this is on alchemy checks, but in this Deadlands, if anybody's familiar with Deadlands, it's a weird, weird west setting where you have this ghost rock, which boom because of ghost rock you could do magic in the wild west now yay well i have this i have this i have this mad scientist that created a sniper rifle well 
I can pick up, maybe I pick up something like this where, you know, potent ghost rock or deadly ghost rock and I can shoot and I'm, you know, if I generate a triumph, yay! But if I generate a despair, yay! (laughs) Yay for the GM! (laughs) Yay for the GM! And this ghost rock is a material that's very volatile. I believe my character's kind of going a bit insane, too. Um, So if you have something like that in your setting, think of this. Yeah, this is for alchemy, but no, think beyond that. It could be used for something else. This is true. So, all right. that. And then we get into tier four and five, yeah. and again, we're back to there isn't a bad talent among them. Nope. Um, Not so much. You, tier four, you have that signature spell improved that you talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Which you have to have. There's have also a talent spell. here. I want to mention here a talent that is... Pretty cool thematically if you're playing that assassin slash rogue. Okay. Venom soaked blade. Tier four talent. Activation is passive. It's not ranked. When making a melee light combat check using a poisoned weapon, your character treats it as if it possesses burn two item quality. So what does that so mean? The, do I, I don't get to soak that, do I? Mm, Burn think, 2 means that uh, they're going to take two points of burn damage. Or take the, sorry, the wep, uh I think it's the burn rating. Burn burn rating in damage at the beginning of their turn, I do believe. Of the following turn, or it's a uh, base burn. weapon damage for a number of turns equal to the burn rating. Sorry, yeah, it it's... I should have yeah. looked that one up before I picked it, but That's yeah. Okay. No, no, I, I have it right here. One target hit continues to suffer the weapon's base damage <gasps> weapon's base damage each mm-hmm. round for a number of rounds equal to the weapon's burn rating what so for two additional rounds they suffer the weapon's base damage and you in apply- addition to you who poking them more <laughs> <laughs> apply damage at the start of their turn uh-huh what the heck yeah, I don't think they'll be able to roll around on the ground to make this go away. That's kind of a no. With the poison, this is poison. They have to suck it, suck it out of the wound. Oh wait, that's a wives' tale. I don't think they can get rid of it. I don't think they can either. <laughs> it has to take a potion. Yeah. So so okay. So it is. It isn't two damage. It's for two rounds. Yes. Two and rounds. they are. Um, yeah. Pretty but nasty. It looks like they can soak the damage. Yes. They but, do so. But still, they're still taking damage. Yeah. So if your base mm-hmm. weapon damage is above their soak, you're getting free damage oh, for two yeah. extra rounds for two advantage. And that's base oh, weapon damage. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> so here's another. And it's, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. and it's it's any melee light weapon. So in like, you know these Shift 7D, a lot of times you could only poison daggers and little weapons. No, 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 no. This, you can do any one-handed weapon. An axe. Yep. Your long sword. Your yes. long sword. A Absolutely. shield. <laughs> a shield with poison spikes on it. Yeah. Yes. There you go. That'll do yeah. it. <laughs> and awesome. so there's another talent here, tier four, that I want to mention. Again, setting a precedent for mm-hmm. other things. It's called back to back. Tier four, it's activation is passive, always on. It's not ranked. But when you're engaged with one or more allies, your character and allies um, that that are engaged add two or add one a boost die to your to their combat checks. 
If one or more allies engage with your character also have back-to-back, the effects are cumulative to a maximum of two, two boost dice. Now, awesome! Yeah, it is. And again, that if anybody's played Pathfinder or um, maybe Savage Worlds might have some teamwork talents, but this is a teamwork talent. I mean, you both pick it. And you set up your, you know, your, your, um, what do you call it? I don't know, your strategy kind of going forward, the way you, that you mm-hmm. kind of, kind of work together. And I think in the Realms of Tirnoth review show, we talked about the, the long and the short of it <laughs> with Yuri and, um, Erica. Erica, yeah. Um, doing their, their stuff. So pretty cool. Right. Yep. And so in tier five, um, I, honestly, the the one to talk—they're all good, but the one to talk about is Zealous Fire because it's—I I mean, <laughs> it's the second one you want to le- reach for as a caster. Uh, each time you're—it's passive, not ranked. Each time your game master spends a story point, your character heals two strength. Oh, yeah, yeah. spellcaster, make, make your GM think twice about spending his story points. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because that spellcaster is getting back to 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 strain, and what is to strain? What is to strain used for? Everybody casting spells. casting a spell. <laughs> That's right. So well, yeah, whenever your GM, GM wants to spend a story point to upgrade your difficulty, well, guess what? <laughs> I get to cast a spell for free this round. <laughs> <laughs> So was 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 that the Lucky Charms guy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Love your accents, That's just man. Tony being a freaking weirdo. Okay, <laughs> that's right. awesome. All right. Well, yeah. So those are kind of our favorite talents out of these two books. Um, so yeah, if you guys have your favorite ones, email us. Let us know what they are. And then our our next our next um, episode, we're actually going to be talking about creating our own. And going yes. through that, we're gonna have we're gonna have Stefan um, back on because he's doing a lot of that in his Shintar um, setting and such. So he'll be he'll be helping us out with that, walking through that. So, dude, you All ready right. to set the tone? Yeah. Sure thing. All right, let's do it. So, setting the tone. This is where Chris and I talk about uh, today's show topic, but we put it in the terms of the in the framework of our settings that we are creating. Now, I was originally doing Hellgate Genesis. However, I had to table that because what people haven't, what we didn't announce, is uh, mm. that uh, Chris and I are running a little uh, co-GM'd event at uh, at a con in um, Ohio Ridgefield, this year. Ridgefield, Ohio. Called- Con called of? Con on the Cob well, in November. Well, we're not co-GMing. You're GMing it. I'm DMing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, all right, fine. <laughs> but uh, we decided we wanted to do a cool little mashup, so that, but that required that one of us write a sec- setting document. <laughs> and since since Tony hasn't really done one, um, I, de- I decided to uh, volunteer myself for this. Um, Yay. So I'm, we're doing – it's set in Middle-earth. And I'm using the um, stuff from Cubicle 7, the One Ring, and the um, Middle-Earth Adventures Guide for 5th Edition. Uh, Using Mm -hmm. those a lot, quite liberally. And um, we're also – but we're doing it as a mashup because it's a con Mm -hmm. and it's got to – got to add some humor and you can't just do – 
can't just do Lord of the Rings and have Lord of the Rings humor. Mm-hmm. You got to have something else. So Lord of the Rings plus the Evil Dead. Yeah, for our <laughs> primitive screwheads out there, calling it <laughs> Fellowship of the Dead. Everybody, that's right. So yeah, we're looking forward to running that, and uh, I'm currently writing the document, and so. One of the things I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing a chart, just like I talked about uh, on page 85 there, a chart that pretty much uses almost all of the core and almost all of the Terranoth talents. However, Middle-Earth being that magic is a little less common than in Terranoth, uh, the magic ones will be taken out. So I'm going to be using the vast majority of those, though. Signature spell probably won't be a thing. But bodyguard? Hell yeah. <laughs> so. Yippers. How about you, Chris? So for me, so in Primeval Thule, um, <laughs> after getting the Realms of Tiranoth book, and then after seeing this Genesis expanded talent list, I looked at my document and said, Pfft. I think I'm going to rip out what I've got. <laughs> I'm going to go through these talents and make a chart like we have here in this in the Realms of Tiernoth book and just list out the ones that I like that are primeval foolish um, that'll give me the um, that'll give me the flavor that I want. Um, most definitely going to do that do that dark um, what was that dark um, dark insight and might even change my knowledge skills from um, I might have had a cult. I might even just change it to Forbidden instead and kind of just line it up with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep that th- keep keep it as, as house-ruled as little as possible, you know, yeah. using just their examples. Mm-hmm. But yeah. still want to capture that theme of it, too. And then I don't think I'll do the specific – I won't be doing the specifics like Flame of Kelios or that uh, the, the Chill of – Chill of Nordros. Chill of Nordros. But – I might have a couple of opposing talents that are like that because I just like that flavor, and I think that mm-hmm. would that would that would bring out some primevalness from people. We're thinking. <laughs> Alrighty. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Cool. So that's how we ended up setting the tone. Cool. All right, man. All right. So we yeah. ready for our favorite part of the show now? Yes, I am. How about you? Oh yeah. All right. All right. Welcome to Advantageous Threats, our favorite show segment and yours. Yes. Uh, so today, I've got a challenging one for you. Uh, my character... No pun intended. Earl, right? right yeah. Nope, not at all. Earl the Grayscale. And this is a character that I'm actually playing in um, a Savage Worlds version of Shintar. Uh, he is a Dragordian adept. He is basically a seven-foot-tall lizard man... Um, Psionicist, but he is uh, elderly. He's so like the Yoda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. He's even got uh, pointy ears. No, he doesn't have any ears. But anyhow, um, yeah. No, uh, I've been playing this guy for a while, and we're pretty well up there in the XP. So if we were to convert them, they would definitely be around three, four hundred earned XP characters. Nice. nice. Um, 
yeah, we're like at 90 XP, I think, in Savage oh, Worlds, which wow. is like 18 that's, advancements. So it's quite a bit. That's like legendary but, almost. That's cool. Yeah. Almost. <clears throat> Excuse me. But anyhow, in the spirit of uh, having Stefan on next week, I thought I'd uh, I thought I would mm-hmm. uh, throw this one out there. Cool. So uh, Earl has in in Savage Worlds, he has an edge called Order of the Azure Citadel. So I had an idea of how it would work, and I'm hoping Stefan will agree with me when if we do convert. Um, so this talent allows Earl to spend a story point. To use his psionics, which is will-based, uh, which he has five ranks and has a willpower of four, in place of any other skill check once per encounter. So, in 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 this adventure that we're on, we currently got adva- like tossed into the future, where these there's these huge airships, okay. and we're on board one of these airships, and I envision Earl. Uh, wanting to leap from one airship to another. And so I kind of uh, come up with this little encounter here. So right. Earl wants to spend a story point to uh, to use his psionics for a coordination check to leap from one moves from the deck of his moving airship to the deck of another enemy airship that is flying by at a high speed. Nice. So given the speed, and the distance jumped, we're going to set the difficulty automatically at formidable five purple dice. Right. Now, I mentioned Earl also has, uh, already has his uh, psionics of five ranks and a willpower of four. So he's going to have a total of five dice, four of which are going to automatically be upgraded to proficiency dice. Cool. Um, so right now we're sitting at five purple difficulty. However, I know Stefan, um, and he's not going to let me do this for free. Uh, and he, he wants a chance for, uh, and honestly, I would, I would not have a problem with an automatic upgrade just because the difficulty of this task. Right. I mean, yeah, it is super difficult, which you said at formidable, but not only is it super difficult, it's uber deadly too. So that, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I go off of when I decide to do automatic upgrades for things. So this would at least, this would have at least one red automatically, maybe two, but now for this, we'll just do one. And, and another set of reasonings behind this difficulty also would be, okay, I'm using psionics, which is a magic skill for a regular task. (laughs) Therefore, normally you would increase the difficulty by one, but we were already at max difficulty of five. So mm-hmm. upgrading one of those dice is an easy way to uh, mimic that. All right, okay. so so we can do um, that. So did you, or are you thinking then two red to start with? Um, well, no, just one right just now. One. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I had to spend a story point to activate this power, so I am not spending a story point. Right. But I would argue to my GM that I would get a chance to probably aim. Line up my shot. I am, which is yourself, <laughs> and you know, what? shooting myself essentially. So, um, I would, I would, um, I would say taking a little extra time to kind of put your finger up and, hey, yeah, that's kind of the way the wind's blowing, <laughs> and line it up. I'd, I'd give you a boost die for that, most definitely. Okay. Now, what would you do for circumstantial dice? Circumstantial dice. 
I would definitely upgrade it. Um, I'm going to use the story point. Um, okay. And upgrade it once because of the sheer deadliness of it. Sure. You know, so it'll be two red at least. And I'm going to I'm going to add two setback dice because of the wind, the crosswind could potentially screw with you. You know what I mean? Sounds good. So so grand total, my pool, four yellow, one green on and one blue on the positive side. Okay. On the negative side, two red, three purple, two black. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a big one. Listen All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> we have triumph and despair. Yeah! <laughs> all right, first all right. of all. The, the First of all, the uh, the wind, not a factor. Those came up blank. Okay, sounds good. One of, one of my difficulty dice, blank. Grand total successes. One, two, three, four, five, counting the one from the triumph. And grand total failures, one from the despair. So you that is it. succeed. So I had four successes net. Cool. Now, advantage, I have one, two, just two advantage, but I generated one, two, three, four threat. So, you have two so I have net, two threat, a despair, and a triumph. So four successes, two threat, a despair, and a triumph. This is what advantageous threats is all about, all, folks. Yes, it is. You did not roll this last night when we tried to record. <laughs> this is going to no, be interesting. Okay, so first off, you're, you successfully make this jump. And with four successes, I would actually allow you to land wherever you want on that ship, to be honest. Okay, so you did four it, successes. You did it really I, well. I was trying to land on their their um, the deck that they have their helmsman on, okay. because I want to steer the ship back towards mine if I can. So, there you go. Cool. so that's where I would land. Now, okay. for my triumph, yeah, I want to land directly behind the helmsman at engaged range. Cool. All right. That's okay. Perfect. I'll allow that. That's for your triumph. Yeah, now now for the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So the bad stuff is going to be this. Um, the two threat will be you clipping your forehead on on the way across. And on some you're rope gonna, or something? On some rope or something. Maybe, uh, I don't know, you're saying these are airships? Yes. You know what? We still no, have rigging. No, you kind of... You kind of um, I'm going to say that you, when you land, you kind of twist your ankle a little bit. So you're going to okay. take some strain for that. However, okay. you didn't quite see this person when you, well, you saw him in mid-jump. You landed behind the helmsman, but who, who comes out from behind you is the captain of the ship, the nemesis oh. Oh. of the ship. And he's right uh, there with his bodyguards, ready That's to right. roll. And you need to roll in a shiv now. <laughs> right? if, if if you know Earl, Earl would be happy. Yeah, to have that happen. <laughs> so, Sorry. but uh, you know, for for the despair, you know, because you made the check, mm-hmm. you know, we can't we can't have you fall to your death. But if you failed the check and got a despair, 
you know, Earl is going to be probably a splat on some rocks. Nothing wrong Maybe. with having. You could also, uh, as a GM, honestly here, um, if you had said, yeah, you you land, but you suffer a critical hit. Um, oh, yeah. Yep, that too. That too. I that's a totally great way to dis- to spend a despair in a success situation where the character and the character is doing something highly physical like that. Yep. Uh, let the, yeah, you, yeah, you, you landed, you can do. but suffer a crit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Or the, you know, the captain nemesis is there. Did you have to do hey. Cause you're over there alone now with the crew of this ship. <laughs> Again, you, you, to have jump no, across. <laughs> you have no idea how much Earl would love that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, how about yours, buddy? All right. So mine. Okay. So I have a mage named Semlo. You know, that's Holmes backwards. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> Everybody out there knows it is too now. <laughs> yeah. My mage named Semlo. And, you know, this kind of goes along the lines of, you know, in that shift, the D shift 7D, you know, Melf's acid arrow, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of names. Yeah. So Semlo's. Deadly Dark Lightning. He's using the improved signature spell talent against the infamous ancient red ancient dragon named Stefano. Yes, ancient. He's infamous. Not famous. Okay. He's infamous. And where so, do we have ancient dragons at? We have ancient dragons on page 195 in Realms of Tirnoth. Okay. Well, I better check one of those out. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah, you do that. Um, okay, so basically, what I need to build up here, which I would have already figured out, but I'm going to kind of walk it through people because we mentioned signature spell, improved signature spell, and this is kind of how it works. Um, so Semlo has an intellect of four. He has an arcane um, of three ranks in arcane. He has three ranks in knowledge. Um, he's going to be using the attack spell, which uses his arc- his um, ranks and his intelligence for damage. So that starts out at four. He's going to make it deadly, so the difficulty starts at easy. Deadly makes it average. Lightning will make it um, will make it hard, and long range will make it formidable. Okay. Formidable or daunting? Formidable. Formidable. Yep. Er, and then if no, I, no, no, sorry. Long range makes it uh, yeah makes it formidable. Five. Yeah, five, five dice. Yep, formidable. Now. If I wanted to do auto-fire, because lightning has the auto-fire quality, um, you would need to increase your difficulty by one, which now I would have to spend a story point if I want to use auto-fire. And it's six difficulty, which, okay. But I have improved signature spell. What does that do? When I'm using this combination here, long range, lightning, deadly, it is... It makes my it reduces my difficulty by two, so it's not only a hard check, and it'll be daunting if I want to make it um, auto fire. Mm. Okay, now if I use a staff, a staff reduces the distance, takes off a difficulty because of distance, so that would make it average and hard if I want to do auto fire, which I'm going to do. Now using a staff okay. also adds four damage, so. He's going to be casting Semlo's Dark Deadly Lightning. The improved signature spell will do 8 lightning damage for a crit 2, long range, vicious 3, with the stun 3 quality. 
And stun three means, I think it's three damage. Stun okay. damage, which does not get soaked. So, my check is going to be his four arcane and, or four intellect with three arcane, so it's going to be three um, proficiency dice and one um, at ability die. It's going to be three, it's going to be hard because I'm going to be using auto fire and the staff. However, the infamous ancient dragons are adversary two, so those get that get up that those get upgraded. Uh-huh. I would like to aim with my spell only once. I'm not going to aim it again because I'm going to take a couple strain to counterspell, start counterspelling just in case Stefano moves within medium range of me. Sounds good. So that's what I've got so far. Okay. What do we need so, to do now? <laughs> um, well, Stefano is doing flyby attacks. So you're hitting a moving target. So throw in a setback die. One setback die. Cool. Yep. You know, I also and want to spend one of these. I also want to spend one of these story points because my buddy, the Jaime One Eye, is on the ground kind of bleeding out. <laughs> okay. All right. Well,. Your GM's also going to spend one because it's a dragon, dude. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> it's a dragon. A dragon should be hard. Yeah. All right. So I'm set with. I'm left with four yellow, a, a blue, three red, and one black. All right. Let's mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Um. All right, cancel, cancel. Okay, so my blue die gave me, I good thing I aimed because it gave me a couple of advantage, which canceled out the two threat that I rolled on my on two of my red dice. Mm. Another one of my red die came up negative, came up blank. My black flying by doesn't matter. He's so big, doesn't matter whether he's moving or not. <laughs> big like, easy hitting, target. Big easy target. Um, one of my proficient, one of my um, proficiency dice came up blank. However, two of my proficiency dice came up with triumphs. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised by this at all, Chris. You're not. What? <laughs> okay, so I have a net two successes, two triumphs. Um. Well then. I'm definitely going to crit this guy. <laughs> I want to critically hit him twice. You critting twice, or would you no, auto fire? Actually, actually, I'm going to crit once, and I'm going to auto. I'm going to auto fire. Yeah, I want to auto fire. So your first hit. So my first hit will do ten damage. Ten damage, critting once with vicious three. Yeah. So it's going to be. A critical at plus thirty percent. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yikes! Yikes! Okay, and then oh, while you're at it, hit for another ten damage. Yep. <laughs> well, since the dragon has a soak of eight, you do four wounds to his forty-five wounds. Uh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I should have used a double triumph for something else, as in <laughs> I teleport Jaime and I away. <laughs> Uh, but you know that's so, for another day. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so wow, so lightning, that's, yeah, deadly, but not very. <laughs> not against dragons. <laughs> not against dragons, apparently. Woo. All right. Though, so yeah, I must say that he is... does take. He is going to take six stun damage, though. Yes. Oh no, I have to. I have to activate that, don't I? Yes, you do. Bummer, I didn't. Yeah, you got a lot of things to activate there, buddy. Yeah, you didn't hold a lot of advantage, and you're wasting your triumphs on all kinds of stuff. So it's 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 difficult. It but, is, sure is. But that was kind of that was a more fun result than last night. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's Both better of them. results. Yeah. Maybe we ought to roll them twice next time. <laughs> we might have to. All right. Well, all that's right, it for advantageous threats, folks. We're gonna go over to our next segment and head on out of here. That's right. Alright everybody, we are, um, this is it, that was the end of our part one of um, the talent show for us. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Matt Stark and his blog called Thoughts of a Barbarian. Basically he writes about anything gaming. His last, his last barbaric thought was um, about how he likes and dislikes Genesis and I thought it was very well written, very well done and insightful. Um, that was pretty cool, yeah. Um, and he is at, you could find him at um, his blog at thoughtsofabarbarian.blogspot.com. He's Google. He's got a Google Plus page. He's a Nerds International community member. And you could find him on Twitter at mstark78. Oh, and by the way, that um, ancient red, that ancient dragon Stefano, Mr. Stefan Dragonspawn, made him a kick-ass logo. So in that, what is it, King Conan... I got it right this time. The King Conan pose, you know, contemplate. Very nice. Thank you. Yes. Pretty cool looking. All right. With the black cloak. Yeah. With the black feathery cloak. Right. Or furry cloak. Uh, Furry cloak. Yeah. Pretty awesome. All right. So you can reach us in that same community uh, over at uh, Nerds International on G+. Um you can also get a hold of me on at Finding the Narrative on Facebook, and I will forward that on to Chris. Usually, like to screenshot the messages you send me over there and send them to him via text message. Yep. Um, you sent me one today. Yep. And then uh, uh, you can email at us, uh, as other people have in the past, uh, Finding the Narrative Podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us under Finding the Narrative Podcast on Podbean iTunes and the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Pretty confident the people who are listening will know where to find us. Well, because maybe someone overhears someone listening it at their cubicle and wants to hear that part. Exactly. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Man. So that's it. All right. Well, uh, this is Tony signing off and saying, "Keep rolling them bones." And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Good night. Adios. Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on the show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.